Okay, so welcome to the official start of Dose of Truth podcast, number one. (laughs) I'm Eloise Ansel and I'm with Terri-Anne Nagidis. And we're going to start off by talking about Cinderella. That's right. Now, are we doing the Disney version or the original version or a mix? Well, it'll come out the way it comes out, right? So we'll just start by <laughs> yeah. telling you a story. So, Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Yeah. Yeah, sit comfortably, <laughs> listen to the story, and you'll see what comes up for you as we go along. So Cinderella um, is at the deathbed of her mother, and as her mother's dying, she says to Cinderella, be good and pious, and I will always look after you. And her mother dies. And eventually, her dad, her father, marries another woman and brings this woman into the home with her two daughters. And the two daughters are very beautiful, but very evil inside. So... Between the stepmother and the daughters, they abuse Cinderella, they they remove her clothing and put um, old rags on her. They get her to do all the work in the house. She does the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, uh, dressing them, serving them hand and foot. And she's also treated very badly. And one day the father is going off on a business trip and the father, oh, sorry, of course, they, they give her the name Cinderella because she lays, she has no bed to sleep in and she lays among the cinders and covered with cinders and call her Cinderella. And the father goes off one day and asks all the daughters, what would you like as a gift? One of the daughters says, lots of beautiful dresses. And the second daughter says, jewelry and and precious necklaces and all that kind of stuff. And he says, and you, Cinderella. And he calls her by the name she's been given. And she she says, I'd like a twig um, on the first branch of a tree that touches your hat. And the father goes off. And Cinderella is still working and doing everything the sisters command and the father comes home and gives the dresses and the jewels and brings the twig to Cinderella. And Cinderella takes the twig and goes to her mother's grave, which she does every day, and plants the twig and the twig grows into this beautiful tree. And every time she asks for something, she's given it. Whatever she asks for, she's given. So time goes by. She's still badly treated, but does everything she's told. And one day the prince asks all of the beautiful maidens in the whole kingdom, everybody, to come to his his ball. And the reason being is that his parents want him to marry. And he hasn't chosen someone they've selected. He wants to choose his own bride. So it comes to the day of the ball. And Cinderella 
wants to go. And she begs her stepmother to go. And her stepmother says, certainly, as long as you finish all your chores and find something to wear. And Cinderella, they, they pile on all the chores. And Cinderella does all of the chores. Everything's completed. And they say, well, now you need a dress. And she goes off and puts together her own dress from an old dress her mother had. And finally, the stepmother sees, wow, she's done all her chores and she's got a dress. So she goes over and rips the dress. Cinderella goes off to her mother's grave and bursts into tears and wishes that she could go to the ball. And when she wishes, a dress comes down and goes on to her body. And now she's ready to go to the ball. A carriage arrives and she gets into the carriage. But she knows she has to return before midnight. She goes off to the ball and the prince is enamored. And so are, are, is everyone in the court. They don't know who she is. Her stepsisters and her stepmother have no idea who this beautiful woman is. They're all fascinated. And the prince can't take his eyes off her. She is, she has totally captured him. And the bell strikes 12 and she realizes she has to leave and she runs off without saying goodbye and loses a slipper. And the prince picks up the slipper. He can't catch up to her. She disappears because now her clothes have changed back. So all they see as they go down the road is this Cinderella who's covered in rags and all dirty. They don't recognize her. And the next day, the, the prince says, I will marry anyone who fits this slipper. So all of the women are excited in the, in the kingdom. And they go from home to home to find who fits the slipper. So far, no one does. And they go off to Cinderella's home. And the eldest sister tries on the slipper and it doesn't fit. The youngest sister tries on the slipper and it doesn't fit. And Cinderella comes in and says, may I try the slipper on? And everyone kind of looks down on her and says, this is impossible. What? We'll just humor her. And the slipper fits like a glove. And from her other pocket, she pulls its pair and puts on the slipper. And the prince marries her. And once they're married, the sisters and the mother are very trepidatious. They don't know what will happen. But Cinderella embraces them and they become part of the court. So that is a modified version of many, many different versions. So we're going to start to look at this in more depth. So here's Cinderella. She's at the deathbed of her mother. So what's the first thing that comes to you, Eloise? She's at the deathbed of her mother and her mother says, be good and pious. Yeah, um, the first, well, it's like for me, it's, well, it's a massive situation. Her mother's dying and giving her like her lot final request. And also passing on her wisdom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So passing it's just like, this is her... how you should live life. 
Exactly. The instructions that, that our parents do give us, don't they? They give us this instruction. It's different what the father gives and it's different what a mother will give. Mm-hmm. So so here's the mother giving this this instruction that you should be good and pious. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense when you when you think of the feminine. But problematic is what is goodness? We have no idea what it is. So when the story begins, and well, now there's, because she's unaware of what goodness is, she's still young, she's still immature, her feminine is still immature. So what happens? The father brings in a woman who is very unlike the mother. So one of the things that that the feminine brings is chaos. Mm. The feminine brings disruption. The feminine is a moving energy, whereas the masculine is constant. Just look within yourself. And, you know, he's consistent. He brings in another woman. He needs someone to take care of the family and the home and him. Yeah. But he's completely unaware of what he's brought into the house. And into this home of goodness and and beauty comes chaos. And that chaos is in the form of the stepmother and the two daughters. And the two daughters are, are beautiful on the outside, but evil on the inside. So we already know that that internal... Um, life is underdeveloped the internal life has not has not evaluated the difference between uh, self-fulfillment and uh, fulfilling some external factor right so here's Cinderella now her whole life is turned upside down and she now becomes enslaved in her own home mm. And it's so well, and she's living what her mother said. She she's living the wisdom her mother gave her. I have to be good. And that seems to mean people pleasing. Well, I think to to most of us, we would we would say, okay, so now she's she's being good to others, but is this good to herself? Yeah. So that's the innocent or uh, under undeveloped. Yeah. Feminine. Yeah. That, that just says, I'll told. be good no matter what, which means I'm good to everyone. She does what she's told. She does all the cooking and cleaning. She doesn't, like, she doesn't seem to care that she's almost being abused. It's... And how do we know she does care? Well, it does feel in a way like she does want to escape in the end as she matures in the story. Well, don't don't jump because yeah, you're going to have concepts that, yeah. that aren't there. So so one of, the, one of the character traits that we notice about her is that when when he asks all three girls what they want, they most of them want adornments, and mm. Cinderella asks for a twig. So, the, and the first twig that touches his head, touches his hat. On his way home from work. Yeah, and that's what he that's what he brings to her and he brings all of these adornments to the other girls. So that we've got this continuity with the girls that they 
are involved in their image, what's external. There, there's no um, meaning for them to develop themselves as women, to develop themselves as the as what the idea of the feminine is. What what is the purpose of the feminine? What is her role in life? And what is the role of the masculine? We get to get some clarity that the masculine goes off to work and the women are at home and they run the home. Okay, so we have an idea within ourselves. Most of us these days, we we use our feminine and masculine whether we're men or women. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I'm different in my home than I am at work. Uh, When I go to work, I'm within my masculine and when I... When I come home, I go back into my feminine. Uh, I can tell you that if I'm in my home with my husband as and he and I am in my masculine, we clash. We're, we're, and I mean literally, like yeah. not not arguments, but we we bump into each other. Um, it's like two two men in the house. Yeah. You know, I'm on a mission. I'm focused. I'm constant. So I'm not. I'm not going in this rhythm of the feminine. Mm. So over the years of being together, I've learned to not learned. Just I adapted really quickly to moving within the rhythm of his. Now, once in a while, I will go off and I will do my work, especially in the evening. If I'm doing my work in the evening. Right away, um, so so last night, I got a new computer, oh. which I've needed desperately for a while. And uh, I said, oh, I'll just wait till the morning to set it up. And he was saying, oh, don't you want to set it up? Don't you want to set it up? And so I said, okay. And I sat down, and I'm fully focused and concentrated. And all of a sudden, he comes in and says, aren't you going to have dinner with me? You know, he he's, he cooks dinner. He he likes to do that. So um, I said, yeah, yeah, just a minute, just a minute. And of course, now I'm not going with his flow. So he's his his voice is getting dinner's ready, dinner's ready, and I was like, <laughs> and I'm deep in my focus. And then he came over to look at what I was doing, and started punching the keys and doing things. And I said, well, I've got it. You know, I'm half done here. Three quarters done. Just leave it alone. Um, And that continued. And, you know, we were kind of at at loggerheads. You know, I said, okay, when I'm doing these things, let me do them. You you hate when I interrupt you. So just just take it easy. Stop, Stop interrupting me. And taking over. Right. And, um... I, I clearly saw, clearly, clearly saw that when I'm in my masculine, our relationship doesn't work out very well. He wants to fix everything. He wants to get it done. He wants me where he wants me to be. And it works really well. I love it. I really, really love that we can work together with the feminine and masculine and, and um, have this um, mutually beneficial a movement of the masculine and feminine between us and it's mutually beneficial if i am just in my masculine and so is he um there's no enrichment 
And that clearly goes back to where the girls are fulfilling this this surface. They, they, they want the jewels, they want to enhance the image without going inside. And Cinderella has asked for something that is so connected to her father's journey. It's not like just go out and do something for me. That's, that's the same kind of thing as I see with her, with my relationship. It's not that I'm, uh, you know, a lot of people say, but you're giving up something. But no, no, I'm actually going into a place where I am completely enriched. Whereas if I stay in the other mode, um, apart from my work hours, we're separate, we're distanced, we're not, we're not connected. So um, it's not enriching uh, at all, unless I really, really have to do something and I need to do it um, while we're in our uh, home life, let's say. When we're both in work mode, we have no problem. You know, we can both be working in the same room, working in our offices, and we have, we have no problem. But once life starts to come in and we're engaging, well, it's, it becomes very difficult if, if we're not um, in this, well, union, I would say. So Cinderella, there she is. She wants this, this twig that's touched her father's head. So she's, he's connected to her. She's, she's connected to him. In, in this way it. that is part of his journey. It's not just, I'm going to go out and shop for you. I have to look around. You know what it's like to shop for, for presents when you have to. It's stressful. But here he is. All he needs to do is, is think of her. And on his way back, you know, the first twig that touches his head uh, takes his head off. And, of course, you know, there's the collective consciousness. Everything's in tune with us. Everything is there supporting us. So the, the whole energy becomes greater than this very contracted energy. And contraction is feminine. Expansion is masculine. So this, this contraction that occurs to go off and buy these physical things for the girls who want to adorn the physical. It's as though, well, the more I make my image look better, the better I am. And yeah, Cinderella is going deeper hmm. and deeper into the maturation of her feminine, right? So, and then she plants the twig and it grows into a tree. So there's obviously continuity. What does that tell us? Well, I'm sure all of you can sit down and think when you want something and you buy it, how long does it remain meaningful to you? Not very much. No. Most people are like, okay, I got it now, next, next. Nice. It doesn't remain meaningful. But here she is with, the, with this twig that's grown into a tree and it becomes meaningful. So it, it, it seems to me that, you know, it tells us when you have meaning, then um, life flourishes. Yeah. So it's the same as my story that I'm I'm telling you, that when there's meaning, it flourishes. There's There's no meaning for me to sit and keep, you know, getting my computer to work. Uh, the meaning is in in my engagement in my partner. That's what that's what makes it possible for me to go to work. Uh, that's what makes me enthusiastic about my work and fully engaged. So you can think of times in your life where where these things occur. Mm. And and then she. She finds out that when she asks the tree for something, she's granted it. 
Oh, okay. Right, so... So the tree's a fairy godmother. Yeah, it acts as the fairy godmother. So the, 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 the fulfillment of all of this is so complex because once we realize and we're acting out um, our goodness and understanding it, there are our goodness. I, I mean morality, right? Because you need to discover what is moral and what is it like to be good. You, you, you can't just say you're good. No, you have to act it. You have to act it, but you also have to know um, what malevolence is. Mm. Right? At any time, Cinderella could have lashed back at her sister. She could have told her father. She could have complained. She could have, uh, you know, caused her, wreaked her own chaos. She could have, you know, destroyed all their clothes. And uh, there, there's so many things she she could have done, but she doesn't. Well, what does that tell us? You know? Pardon? Because she doesn't think it would be good. Well, I don't think it's that superficial. Mm. I think she, you, you know, if you if you take Cinderella as a two dimensional character, yeah, uh, it's because I think it. No, she's experiencing real evil coming at her. Very terrible people. Now, what happens to most of us when we experience terrible people? We become resentful. We still act in a good way, but there's a lot of resentment. Yeah. And that resentment brews within, and you do things, and you say, huh, I didn't, you know, the only reason I did that is because my stepsisters are evil. Yeah, we justify it based on other people's. Which, when, when you think of, of any type of goodness, would justifying your bad behavior yeah. be good? So she doesn't find a way to justify it, does she? No. So, she, so, so this goes back to that idea of order and chaos being the razor's edge that we walk on. And we're constantly responsible for every choice we make. So she's also demonstrating her responsibility. Oh, uh, yeah. And her ability her to respond. Right, because if, you, if you're responsible for all your actions, then you're responsible for acting good or bad. So, you know, so often people just go back into the surface and say, yes, but under those circumstances, this has nothing to do with this. This has to do with the maturation of the feminine, where the feminine is now needs to catalyze something, needs to go into chaos, but... Chaos from resentment is not going to work. Chaos from resentment, fear, anger, loathing, revenge, jealousy is only going to result in a life that, that creates that. Yeah. So what is her process? Well, the next, and it's our process, isn't it? So some, some of you might be relating that you have resentments. Well, you know, at that point, you've got to grow up. So it means that you are involved in the same aspect as Cinderella, where she needs to mature the feminine. 
She doesn't know how to, but she certainly doesn't choose to be irresponsible for her feelings and actions and to go directly into resentment. She goes straight into, nope, I will behave well. And one of the things I didn't mention in the story, she would cry every day at the, at the grave. So it wasn't as though she was immune to feeling bad. She wasn't immune to the sadness. She wasn't immune to um, her experience with her stepsisters. She was not. Yeah, she, she was completely take, aware. She wasn't taking the abuse or whatever we want to call it without it affecting her. Exactly. She was still feeling it, it. She has an effect. So she knows chaos has come into her life. She's completely aware of that. You know that through through her wishes. Yeah. She wishes for things and they come true. That she um, that we know she's suffering because she goes to her mother's grave and cries. And that she asks for wishes. But she never but, wishes for everyone to go away and leave her alone. Pardon me? She never wishes for everyone to go away and leave her alone. No, she doesn't. She she has no... Um, yeah, nothing that rises from resentment. Mm. But what does rise for Cinderella? The, well... The, well... The, the, the chaos that she brings to the table is to ask to go to the ball. Yeah. So she's no uh, pushover. No. She's, she's not a pushover. No, she, she's, she's working within herself in the maturation of her feminine, and she enacts her masculine by speaking out that she wants to go to the ball. She's laughed at. She's humiliated. It doesn't matter. She's begging to go to the ball. This is her first, this is like a teenager individuating in the family, asking for things they've never asked for before. So, so she's cracking the surface. Even though she gets a no, she has done the most powerful thing is to ask. So no resentment, no evil. She's not fighting evil with evil. She's fighting using good to fight evil. Yeah, right? These are, these are heroic these are heroic archetypal patterns that we look at all the time. We, we, we look at good and we want it to overcome evil. We look at good and say it's going to overcome evil. Well, why does it? Because it goes a completely different place. It's not a reaction. So if somebody was bad to me, I get to be bad back and I get to justify it. Someone's awful to me and my immaturity, my ignorance, my blindness says I'm just going to be terrible. I'm just going to be a terrible terrible human being no she's 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 doing the, she's actually in the deepest form of conflict that's where the tears tell us she's in such deep conflict on what exactly she needs to do to mature her masculine and feminine not that she's i'm not saying she's thinking about it but you understanding that she's more in a feminine role right now but has to rise up and mature in a way that her mother wasn't able to teach her. Yeah. Her mother didn't have the chaos come into her home where evil came in, but had enough of insight to say, be good and pious. And now here's Cinderella dealing with evil in her own life and does not choose to become evil. Yeah. She can, she can choose any time. To be evil. 
but her choice is always to remain pious and good. So, you know, if you if you even consider for a moment, is Cinderella struggling? Of course she is. She's crying every day at the grave of her mother. Yeah. She she is struggling. She's grieving for what was. And grieving for what is. Yeah, yeah. There's grieving for what is that's going on. It's it's tragic what's going on. And her dilemma is huge. How easy is it to just go into resentment? Anyone who's got kids who are not who are not developing in the feminine and masculine, um, not developing their own sense of what good and evil is, because maybe possibly the parents don't allow it. Of course, you know, we, we don't put blame on anyone because the parents were treated. So, you know, we could say that, that the stepmother was treated badly and trained a certain way. And then she passes on to her daughters, this, this malevolence, Okay, that's possible, but in Cinderella we see that that her own sense of self and her own uh, the wisdom that came down from her mother says no. There has to be um, a better way to exist in this world despite evil, because you're going to meet evil on the road. Yeah, you're not going to have it, a it, life where nothing happens. It's like... Exactly, you're going to, and you know you could categorize that as meeting eventual suffering. Yeah. You know, some, some people say, I, some people might say, I don't suffer. I have a great life. Well, yeah, you don't suffer, but um, if you escape suffering in this lifetime, you're super lucky. But you, you will end in death, and if people you love will die around you, um, that that is one form of suffering. The possibility of someone getting sick or hurt or having a difficult life. I mean, it, inevitably there will be there will be suffering, and yeah, we just can't escape it. So knowing that there is always suffering um, or inevitable suffering, and that life, of course, isn't fair. You're born with that over your head. You're born. You know you're going to die. Mm. Well, Yay. it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. I'm aging. It's not fair. I'm going to die. It's not fair. It's not. It's not fair. Getting sick. It's not fair. Getting older. No, it's not fair. Yeah, and that's what life is about. This this idea that life can be fair and people should be just is so such a delusional belief system. Yeah. That now that's not to say that you're running around the world. There there's you know, uh, especially as North Americans, um, I know you're you're in Europe, but Europeans and North Americans, um, we have had the 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 beautiful um, well gift that we can trust each other. It's not a wild kingdom, you know. Um, Every time I went to live in other countries, I, I went to live in Greece and I went to live in France, and it was it was so strange to come up uh, with belief systems that were, um, and these are cultural and political belief systems where everything I said was you can't do that, you can't do that. And I sat there and I said, of course I can. I'll find a way. And I go down all these turns and twists trying to figure it out. And it was always, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And 
I found it fascinating. I said, well, why would I want to start a life in a place where I can't do that? Like what? What couldn't you do? Oh, you know, I, I, I wanted to rent an apartment. Oh. And, oh, you can't do that. You need this money because you need a whole year prepaid. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, yeah, you're right. I can't do that. I don't yeah. have that kind of money. Okay. Um, isn't there another way? You know, well, sublet from someone. Then you go to them. It's like, you can't do that. And it was just so, it, well, for me, the impact was, well, I guess if I lived under this system, you know, I'd figure out a way. But uh, I don't want to stay here like this, um, especially with the ideas that I had for my future. I was like, eh, nah, I can, I can do this a lot better at home. And then I ended up in, in France and it was all, you can't do this. You can't do this. No, that's not done. And, and I was in a relationship as well. So you had to deal with this. I can't do it in a relationship. And then finally, for various and sundry reasons, I left, uh, France as well. And, uh, it, it's very interesting because, uh, I have a, uh, my brother who lives in France and he says, yeah, it's just not like here, you know, <laughs> so you can figure it out. But yeah. if I have a choice, I chose the route that would leave the most opening for me to do what I wanted to do. Mm. If I was doing something different, no, I would have found a way. But in, in my case, you know, if I just wanted a job or I just wanted this or just, I would have done something else. But being that, you know, I had some strange ideas that I wanted to start. So it was like, <laughs> wow, you know, um, not a great way to, to start off a career. So I just made a choice. It's not that it, and I'm not saying it's impossible. Of course it's possible. Yeah. It was just I chose the the route that would be the most supportive, right? It's not like I sat around going, oh, but I want to live in Greece and still do what I want, and I can't. No, that was none of it. I was like, do I stay here and find out all the ins and outs of how to do all of this, or since now this is my deep interest and it gives me meaning in life, do I go back home? So those were, the, you know, those, and it was just simple for me. It's, no, I go back home and I, mm. and I work within my, my society and get it together, which meant I could still travel to all these places and do what I want. So, um, yeah, just a very different uh, way of seeing things. I mean, um, I can't imagine what it's like to live in the United States of America where, you know, the motto is, um, that your dreams are realized the American dream, right? Yeah. Um, and they have even more freedoms than Canadians do. Uh, so it's, you know, you kind of look at America and I go, well, that might be the next choice, right? <laughs> I'm not saying this is, uh, yeah. anyone has to think this or believe this. I am just relating that, you know, we're, we're we're in different areas. You figure out how your area works. That's fine. Um, but as your your feminine matures and your masculine does, I really wanted the feminine energy to support my masculine. And when I was coming up against you know such a a, a deep wall, it was just not energizing at that time. I don't know what I would do today, but at that time, that's the way it was for me. Now, if I had had a husband at that point in time, it might have been completely different. Mm. You know, if I had had, there, there's so many things that could change that. 
but you're always experiencing um, the the sum of the parts, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. And when we when we have belief systems that contract us down, then we see it as less than. I didn't see it as less than. I just saw it as well. There are ways to support um, myself in a deeper way, which is kind of what I'm paralleling to Cinderella, that deeper support by asking for the twig and the twig now has growth and grows into the tree. I mean, she could have easily asked for a dress, you know, so to me, staying in Europe would have been like asking for a dress. I'd have all the dressings, but that deeper connection for myself would have been um, deprived. Yeah. Um, There would have been this, this energy that I would have used to do something that, well, quite frankly, I had no interest in. I had no interest in figuring out the political ins and outs. I had no interest in figuring out how their, their, uh, you know, apartment rentals worked. I had no interest in, um, and there are a lot of interesting corruptions in a country like, like Greece. They're, they're quite corrupt as well. And of course that also is difficult for me, you know, to deal with. Uh, corruption. And I just found it energetically difficult. And I said, well, you know, we've got corruption everywhere, but why don't I choose the best for me? Anyway, um, that's just an interesting um, way of, of examining the past. It's not everything, but just part of it. So here's Cinderella, you know, that when you, when you're completely in tune with, with everything, like, well, as much as you can be in tune with, you're looking at all sides, you're looking at what what best serves you. Um, or you have this realization. So you, so you could say that, you know, when, when I was in Europe, my realization was, hey, I want something that, that supports me in a deep way. So... I see that the same as Cinderella. I want the twig, which is going to support me in a deep way. I know I'm going to bury this twig and it's going to grow. So she finds something deeply supportive. That's very, very feminine. That, that's where the feminine goes out into the masculine. So even the, what she asks her father and that her father's on the journey coming back, right? This is, and, and really visualize this is the journey of your own masculine and feminine. You know, you could say when I was off doing this, I could have gotten my masculine to do all the little things it needed to do. But my feminine kept saying, hey, isn't don't you just want, are you, I guess the question that, that was the best was, don't you want to do the thing you want to do or is living here more important? Yeah. Uh, and I just went, well, no, the thing I want to do has now become what gives me the deepest meaning. I had thought when I went there that the deepest meaning would be living in Greece. You know, when I went to France, I thought the deepest meaning was the relationship with the guy I was with. Yeah. And, and those things fizzled out where this work I wanted to do, I wanted to uh, share with the world and teach and 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 do healing work became more meaningful than any of those other superficial things. 
they became superficial. They were not, they didn't have deep meaning. So here she is connected to this deep meaning within her that allows something to grow. I see that in my life as I wanted something, something to grow, which gave me so much more meaning and ultimately pleasure than I'm just going to live in this country. Yeah. I'm going to be with this man. Right. There, there was the deeper meaning for me. And Cinderella does the same and, and, and something magical happens. It's, and this is, this is what I'm finding hard right now to, to illustrate is that the moment I understood that the most important thing to me is what gave me meaning versus the country I lived in or the, you know, yeah, or the sun and the beach and all of that. The moment I realized, well, this is what inspires me. This is what brings enthusiasm and full engagement in life. I had a transmutation. It was, there was no conflict leaving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would imagine someone being conflict. Well, maybe I better try this or try that and try and stay here and go through all of that. No, it, it completely transmuted the dream of staying. And this was going to be my future completely transmuted. And that is the magic of the tree that all of a sudden this this magical um, or alchemical change occurs, which, you you know, at that time, I thought that would never change. This is never going to change. This is it, right? To leave here would be a huge conflict for me. But once I saw what meaning gave me, uh, I was there. There was no. I completely transformed. Yeah. I completely. It, it was the the tree bearing whatever gifts. I asked for it. And then, take a little breath. So Cinderella then asks, she asks to go to the ball. So this is a point in life where the child or the teenager asks something very different or a husband and wife are together and they ask something they've never asked for. Um, this is the, the, the courage that rises. So here's the courage. She's not whining or complaining. She's begging, but the begging is almost like the erosion of, of a, a mount where she's, you know, really, really setting into motion that I want to go. I, I really want to go to the ball. And she's told no. She's given more and more chores. The the impossible Sisyphean tasks. But she actually completes them. And the resentment, malevolence of the stepmother. I mean, the stepmother obviously knows she's beautiful. And obviously knows she's competition for her daughter. So she in no way wants Cinderella to go to the ball. And ultimately shreds her dress. Nice. But the asking has already created an alchemical experience. So when she gets to the tree, she asks again, 
but the alchemy has already occurred. There's it's, so it's it's like the it's like a, a person who wants a raise at their job and finally gets up and goes to the boss and has a negotiation about the raise. Well, magic happens. Now, some people get fired, of course. Yeah, some people are told no. Well, what would you say happens then? I mean, it's quite obvious that when someone gets fired, the company can't afford you, and whatever you bring to the company is not enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's clear. I mean, if, if you're being fired, it's not just because you ask for more money. I've never had the experience where you ask for more money from a company when you're doing your job and you're doing it really well and you're benefiting the company that they're going to refuse you. As a matter of fact, the company I worked for many years ago, I said I resigned and I was asked, uh, I was given three separate um, price increases. So double my salary, triple my salary, and then quadruple my salary. And I still said no. And I was, I was called in by the, uh, by the supervisor, and he sat me down. He said, what's going to take for you to stay? Yeah. And I said, I just said, no, I, I, I was a bit rude. I said, look, uh, I, I feel um, awful taking your money. I think it's horrible. I'm, I'm sorry, but a monkey can do the job. And he said to me, we're going to find you something. If you would just... Hold off. We can find you something. We'll, we'll get you another position. And um, I, I just kept saying no. I was I had already created a new business to go into. So I was just about to go off and save the world from garbage, um, which I ended up doing. Uh, but I never saved the world from garbage. Nobody would listen to me at the time. And now everyone's up in arms, mm-hmm. which I kind of laugh about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like, well, you know, it's 30 years ago, yeah. I offered it, but <laughs> nobody listened. So he's, you know, I sat down and he said, I don't, I, you don't know what you're worth. Yeah. And I went, I went, what? What do, you, what do you mean? I don't know what I'm worth. And he said, well, um, we have all the records of your ins and outs of the company. And in your first uh, couple months, you came in at, uh, uh, you know, I think 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., all different, you know, times. I said, well, I hadn't been trained for the job and you were paying me. I, I had to learn it. I had to figure it out. And he just looked, he was just shaking his head going, like, you're an improbable person, right? You're an improbable you know, individual, and and I was just like, "What's what's the problem?" He said, "Nobody does that. People get paid for being trained. They sit around while they're being trained. They don't get up and try to figure out the job. I've never met anyone who would get up and figure out the job and give extra hours. So I gave uh, three, maybe five hours extra a day. And as far as I was concerned, those those ten, twelve hours I was working, I still." shouldn't have been paid because I didn't know the job so <laughs> it's, it's gross you're paying me and I don't know the job um, and the second thing that he said was you know we offered you courses and you had to sign a piece of paper that said you're not going to ask for any money and I said well yeah I signed the paper and besides 
I was so excited you were giving me free computer courses. I was just looking forward to it. I'd pay for courses all the time. Uh, I, you know, the minute I quit school, I went back to school. I kept taking classes. And he said, yeah, you're the only one. I said, but they've signed. Oh, yeah, everybody signed, but they still ask for money. They mm -hmm. still complain and whine that they're coming in on the weekend. I was like, oh, you know. Anyway, that was, you know, part of the discussion that went on. And um, it was then that I realized that, you know, there, there was a, a morality in me. It wasn't to be good. It wasn't to please them. It was responsibility for myself. And the responsibility for myself, once you, you have a deep responsibility to yourself, you, you end up having a responsibility to the, to the group, mm. to the whole. I, this might be you know, difficult for people to understand, but when you, when you realize you're completely responsible for yourself, you will be responsible for the, the whole. But when you, you don't have responsibility to yourself, you, you don't see the whole. You see the whole as taking, which I think is exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been trying to figure this out for a long time, and uh, this is exactly what Cinderella is doing. Yeah, She's sure. responsible to herself and, and is responsible to the whole family. Now, so so I went into this company and, and worked overtime. That means other people got more money for doing less. I, I don't care. I don't care that they got money for doing less. See, it's it's not it's not my concern. My concern is for the whole and that it continues receiving money. And of course, the magic occurred. Magic. I was offered four to five times my salary with, you know, promises to move up, and and I knew that they were paid very well in this company. Of course. Maybe you'd call me an idiot <laughs> that I actually left. Maybe I should have stayed. Uh, but one has dreams, so mm. I so I went so, for what gave me meaning. So, in the moment where um, Cinderella's asking to go to the ball, is she honouring her worth? She's, she's, she's honoring what her, her worth. She's honoring what she wants. And at the same time, uh, still being good is what gives her meaning, what gives her the wisdom. Her own responsibility to herself and her, her values. She, she never betrays her values. Yeah. And of course that's when the magic happens. And so, so one of the biggest lessons from, from fairy tales, you know, Bible stories, uh, mythology is, is the betrayal of your own value. Yeah. And how, how do you know that responsibility is a, a, a value that you have? How do you know that? Well, me personally, or? Yeah, just to help the crowd out so the question yeah, yeah. goes out. Um, well, you know, for me, it's all about ability to respond. And I do, for me, like I'm like for my clients, I'm totally responsible. Not for them, but I'm responsible in my um, getting back to them and 
doing my job in so, terms of So what happens when someone in your life is irresponsible? What it what ensues? How do I feel or what No, what ensues? Whether it's you know, combination of things, when someone is irresponsible in your life. Yeah. Then well it, so I'm thinking of an example. I like uh, I would normally say something. Okay, so you would say something and instruct. But when someone is irresponsible, doesn't it doesn't it break apart the relationship? Yeah. Doesn't it start to erode like, the value? What are you doing? Well, also, if they're irresponsible highly likely they'll make you responsible yes yeah and that's normally where 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 the bit comes in that's that's what ensues so you're you're experiencing the resentment of the other yeah and and you you experience that resentment well at least i do as malevolence the the opposite of good so when you look at that, someone is irresponsible. Let's say they blame you for something. Yeah. And and they're not taking any form of responsibility. And and they're angry with you and resentful of you and jealous of you. This malevolence starts to rise. And you if you stay in relationship with that person, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're going to keep blaming you and blaming you. And let's say you're trying to fix it. Well, if you're trying to fix it, you're, you've gone down this this chaotic uh, tunnel and you can't get back into order because the moment someone is irresponsible then you are no longer responsible to yourself so your your first answer i'm responsible to myself so i know responsibility is a virtue not just because i think of it because I know what happens when someone's irresponsible. So I know that it's actually based in resentment and malevolence. So that's chaos, that's turmoil. There's no way that's gonna be a virtue if I followed that line of reasoning. Mm. So, so it's, a, it's a way for you, for each of us to discover whether responsibility is a virtue or not. So, so Cinderella, despite the malevolence of her sister, she doesn't go down that road. She, she continues on the road that she knows is responsible to herself, responsible to the wisdom, and has to figure out something completely different, yeah. which is, I'm asking to go to the ball. And that is her moment of the raising of the, the, immature feminine to a mature level right she's she's maturing the feminine it's like i'm not going to become malevolent i'm being good but something else has to happen which is i have to ask so she she the feminine is saying you have to ask and her masculine speaks it she actually acts it out through the masculine and now when you, when you take responsibility and take practical action, it doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. But something is going to change. So yeah. they don't give her what she wants. But magic occurs. Yeah. You don't know what that is. But yeah. in Cinderella's case, she gets a dress. You get what you need, not what you want. 
which may be the same thing. Well, we have to go into analysis of need and want, but oh, in okay. this case, yeah. this is the most basic foundation of humans yeah. uh, as children is to individuate. Yeah. We have to individuate or, or we'll be crippled. So the, the, the lioness teaches her, her cubs to hunt. If she doesn't do that, they are crippled, they will die. Or she has to feed them, which means there's a high risk that while she's, you know, hunting, the, the, the cubs will be killed for meat as well. Yeah. The, the eagle in, in, in the nest, in the eyrie, uh, in, in their arete, it's called, right? Um, you know, she eventually pushes the eaglets out of the, out of the nest. Yeah. There's a risk in doing that. They may not fly, but she has to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going. She can't keep feeding them as they grow. They will be totally codependent, and they will not reach their own um, maturity, individuation to become autonomous yeah. and go off and hunt for themselves and and propagate the species. I mean, if all eagles stop doing that, the, the, the eagle population would die. Yeah. Right. And it's the same for us humans. If we don't individuate, we become dependent on everyone else. We blame everyone else. We're resentful of everyone else. This resentment just just grows and grows because we haven't. There, there are those qualities of, you know, maturation, individuation, autonomy to make your own choices, and be responsible for yourself, which means in so many ways. That responsibility, like the story I told you about the company where my, my responsibility was to myself, but I could not see responsibility to myself as the sole outcome. I needed to be responsible to the the company. I didn't sit around saying I'm responsible to the company all day long, but you know, if I want my job to continue and the job to flourish and the company to flourish, so ultimately I get my responsibility to all of this allows growth. Yeah. The, the twig. So again, we go back to the girls ask for things that just take out of the company. So I want money for training. No, you need training because you're updating yourself so that you're better for the company, which is better for you and better for your family. Yeah. But we, no, no, you're taking advantage of me. I'm a resentful, jealous, um, chaotic person who doesn't understand that responsibility goes way beyond the self. And you, and you know it does because you're responsible to yourself. Because yeah. you know exactly what you need to function. If you think that, you know, if you're not responsible for your body and all the cells in your body in some way, you're going to cause chaos and die. Now, if you're the breadwinner in the family and you don't take care of yourself, well, what's going to happen? Well, your, your family's not going to survive. Yeah. They're going to have to rely on the government. The wife has to go to work. The kids have to go to daycare. And if you study any type of statistics on how, you know, not great that is for kids, um, you know, you haven't done your, your legwork. Do some legwork on, you know, what, what happens 
when the father disappears, and it doesn't matter if it's the, the, the mother takes the father's position or the, the opposite, the, none of the sexes matter. The only thing that matters is understanding that we we have masculine and feminine with us and they act within us and they act differently and we have to be um, responsible. Uh, well, we don't have to be. You can be as irresponsible as you want, but where it's going to get you is chaos. So, yep. so yep. Cinderella tells us this, the chaos that these girls bring with lack of responsibility. They're not responsible for their own anger. They're not responsible for their own malevolence. They're not responsible for their superficiality. They're not responsible.